This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back into the Lions 24-7 podcast. Tyler Donahue and Sean Fitz with you once more and following a seven-week wait Penn State has picked up a pair of commitments for the 2022 recruiting class in a five-day span. We focused on offensive lineman Malik McNeil earlier in the week. Now he has company, and so do the other eight commitments on board. Tyrese Mills, a safety at Lackawanna College, a familiar pipeline program at the junior college level for Penn State during recent cycles, is the latest on board. Penn State now situated at 10 commitments, number six class in the country per the 24-7 sports composite. And Sean, I don't know, about an hour before Tyrese Mills announced his decision on Wednesday, um, you called me. Uh, you felt like something w- was brewing there, was imminent. We weren't sure what the timing would be. Um, I, d- I don't know about you, but I did not have any time to put a crystal ball pick in. This one moved fast for Tyrese Mills and the Nittany Lions. Yeah, this one was going. I was actually writing my crystal ball story, and it turned into a commitment story. That's happened a couple of times. Uh, but, yeah, this is uh, this is definitely one that that – I wouldn't say caught us off guard because once he picked up the Penn State offer, he's a Lackawanna kid, um, hasn't really had anything go on from uh, since then. So it kind of everything pointed to Penn State. It was just a matter of timing on this on this end. But yeah, it was uh, it was one of those things that, that sort of crept up on us. I know he's I think he was offered March 30th. Um, he missed my April big board because he had just been offered. And usually those things are have worked themselves into a uh, uh, finely tuned machine by the time that that the end of the month, the, the previous month happens. Um, so it kind of was off the, out of sight, out of mind. Um, but when you take into account Lackawanna kid, that position, Penn State has obviously recruited Jaquan Brisker and Jair Brown as safeties from uh, from Lackawanna. And it just it really made sense. So this one came up on as quick, but uh, wasn't really the the. The, the flash in the pan out of nowhere commitment that, that, that we didn't see coming. And this was a name that we referenced on the podcast in late March, early April, following this offer. I had a chance to speak with Tyrese Mills pretty much immediately after that offer came out for Penn State. And right away, I mean, uh, on hindsight being what it is, probably should have rushed to the crystal ball and put in my Penn State forecast then because there was just a lot to like that, that leading him toward Happy Valley. The one thing I thought here was this is a guy who had played at that point one game in his junior college career. So I figured maybe he would give himself the sample size of an entire season. Remember, Lackawanna did not play last fall. That pushed the, his freshman season into to the spring. He'll have his second freshman season this fall. But I thought maybe he'd give it some time, see if other offers materialized, maybe allowed him to take some official visits or get a plan together into the fall. But no, ultimately ready to make this Penn State commitment. And I also find it interesting here. We had a lot of questions coming our way after this because he wasn't a hot topic kind of name. Um, he's a guy that doesn't carry any kind of rating or or ranking right now from 24-7 sports. And because of all that, uh, there was a lot of questions on the timing of this. Not only was he ready, but Penn State was ready to take this to the finish line. And that is very important to note. I agree with that. And, and to me, um, going a little bit deeper into his connections here, this says something to me about how much Penn State trusts Deion Barnes. And I know oh, that yeah. we've really preached that, you know, over the last year, Penn State trying to get back into Philly, have some success in Philly. They have Ken Talley in this class. Um, Tyrese Mills, a former teammate of Ken Talley's at Northeast, played on that defense for Deion Barnes. And this shows me there's quite a bit of trust there between James Franklin and Deion Barnes in the sense that, hey, this kid's on you. This is You're the one that's seen him most. He has two games of Juco film, which is – you know, that, that there's not much to go off right there, but Deion Barnes has, has seen him, uh, you know, seen him in high school action. You kind of get a feel for what kind of athlete he is. You kind of get a feel for what kind of athlete you have on the roster and you see if this guy can fit in at this level. So, um, I will correct you. He is an 86 now, uh, 24 seven sports Juco, uh, uh, Juco rating 
to 85.78 in the composite rating. You whipped that one up real fast. I did not whip that one up. Wave the I, wand and the, the score shows up. Well, here's what happened <laughs> is we rate guy. They, they had these, these meetings calls or excuse me, these rankings calls on Wednesdays. And he happened to commit on a Wednesday after, or excuse me, a Wednesday morning. And all of a sudden it was like, okay, we got to put him in the queue. They looked at some stuff. They looked at some high school stuff. They looked at some Juco stuff, some workout stuff that he had uh, felt mid three. I, I think that's pretty accurate there. Six foot two Oh five kind of fits more into the uh the the boundary safety sort of sam uh linebacker mix um so i think you know he shows some physicality on tape uh i'm not sure where he's at as an athlete would love to see him and i i think we'll probably get to see him at camp this summer because those junior college players as we saw with with jaya brown are now allowed to come in camp with the high school players um to get them a little bit of exposure i feel so bad for the junior college kids um Mm. in this cycle because Mm. no season in the fall uh shortened season if any in the spring so for if you were going to junior college to get exposure that's that's a tough cookie to swallow right there um he needed to get some academic things straightened out uh i think he told brian doan he's probably going to go go to morgan state uh to 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 continue his career instead went to lackawanna um he's got to get his associate's degree before he can get to penn state which is probably going to make it tough for him to get to campus uh next january which i think that's his goal but that's still a lot of classwork that he has to uh to 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 get in there again not much going on but for for where he stands as a recruit for Penn State to offer him in the first place and nobody else to come on board it says a lot that James Franklin's taking Deion Barnes at his word right now and you know that that says a lot for a graduate assistant in 2019 uh, Mills was a senior at Northeast High School in Philadelphia Deion Barnes was the defensive coordinator talk to Mills about kind of how he was utilized by Barnes that season. And that year he had eight interceptions, Sean, uh, right around 60 tackles. And uh, he was a hybrid safety. He was playing some linebacker. He was playing some cornerback. And at Lackawanna early, it, again, it's very early in his career. He, he decided, you know, last February he was going to be at Lackawanna. Wasn't able to get to campus until January. Wasn't able to play football for the Falcons until March. But once he was able to get out there, You've seen him kind of used as a versatile cog in that defensive back seven. He's a guy who who is playing the safety position. But as he mentioned to me, week one, you're playing a team that, that part of their foundational offensive set is a fullback, but they like to move around. And he was just, you know, he was mirroring the fullback, uh, following the fullback throughout the contest, playing a lot in the box. I do wonder if maybe long term he could be a factor at the Sam position. But you're right. Deion Barnes was on the phone with this young man um, this winter, and the message was very clear. Get some good film together. Send it to me. I'm going to present it to the staff, and you're going to get an offer uh, if it's the right fit. That's exactly how it lined up. It was his first game, uh, four tackles, a forced fumble, an interception. Deion Barnes gets that footage. Uh, sits down, looks over it with Terry Smith, who's the defensive recruiting coordinator and cornerbacks coach here for Penn State. Um, and ultimately, James Franklin is going to give the green light there. And he's got an offer. And, and we haven't seen a domino effect to this point. And with him committed to Penn State and, and knowing the track record there and the connections that are in place, I'm curious if many Power 5 programs are really going to put in the time and investment to try to sway him away from the Nittany Lions at this stage. Uh, but it's not just Neon Barnes. Ken Talley, a former teammate of his, a guy that he trusts and communicates with at Northeast High School, um, committed to Penn State's 2022 class last fall on defense as well. A guy that that was very quick to, to say, hey, come join this class when the offer went out. And Shaka Tony, who, who just finished up his Penn State career now with the Washington football team as a rookie. Um, you know, there were some shared workouts earlier this year um, in Philadelphia. So there's a lot that led you to think that this was uh, a possible destination uh, for this recruitment. But I am I, still surprised that, it, you know, th- this happened this quickly. And, and when he gets to campus for the first time, he's going to be a member of this recruiting class. And um, again, there's just the timing is maybe a bit surprising. The result is not. Um, and, and you're getting a player that I think you can mix some things up with long term. And, and as you said, really putting this one in Dion Barnes kind of basket. This is a, this is one that we'll be monitoring long term. And, and if this kid turns out to be a really impressive player for Penn State, you're going to look back at this as, as a really, uh, you know, strong evaluation moment um, in Dion Barnes kind of fledgling college football career. And, and 
I don't want to paint with too broad of a brush here, but when you get into Philly, when you get into some of the public schools, you've got some really good athletes without the academics. They get into junior college and maybe start to flourish. The guy that reminds me kind of a Gerald Bowman, who was an Imitep guy, um, really didn't have anything going on, had some academic issues, went out to, to Los Angeles Pierce College um, in California, ended up uh, starting for USC. Um, so th- this is something that we've seen before where guys maybe get overlooked. He had eight interceptions as a high school senior. So obviously a a good high school player, um, but maybe you just need a different uh, change of setting or or change of scenery or something like that, where you can start to flourish, not saying he's going to be Gerald Bowman, who I think was a a high four-star guy out of junior college. But, uh, you know, you certainly get these guys that are overlooked. Jair Brown was in in that mold, you know, came out, uh, really didn't have anything going on. I think, was he going to go to Morgan State as well? I I know you talked to him. Montclair State, Division Three, Montclair State, New Jersey. Montclair State. So, yeah. Division Three. So hopefully, uh, hopefully this goes in the right direction uh, for Mr. Mills. We will see what happens there. Again, I see him, um, you know, as a as a safety, a box safety linebacker type. I'm not sure where he stands athletically. Again, would love to see him in camp. Um, so hopefully that can go in that direction. But you know, this is a, this is a a situation where that we've kind of seen. Uh, I would say. Um, it's played out before. You can't say it's going to go that direction for Tyrese Mills, but there, there's certainly some precedent for that. So I'll be watching this one closely for the next year or so. Um, just, just looking at him. I, I, I wish I knew what kind of athlete he was. Uh, obviously he's done some good things at the high school level, done some good things at the junior college level. Still very much a wait and see for me from the, from the, uh, the on-field perspective. Um, but yeah, you, Penn State always needs safeties. Uh, they kind of struck out there at the end of the 2020 cycle and the end of the 2021 cycle. So kind of uh, filling backfilling some numbers there and bringing in a guy that's going to have, I think, four years to play three since they did get that free year or not free year, but they, they did get the eligibility back from him being a true freshman. Yeah, he will bring more eligibility to campus than, than the other Lackawanna guys have in the past. And there's been a collection of them. This is the third time in four cycles where a Lackawanna safety will end up at Penn State. You had Jair Brown and, and Jaquan Brisker in, in past cycles. That could be your starting tandem at safety uh, in 2021 if it turns out that way after preseason competition. Um, in general, uh, we've seen f- this will be number five uh, in terms of Lackawanna signees since the 2019 cycle. Um, beyond the safeties, you have wide receiver Norvo Black, who doesn't seem like he's going to factor in much this year. Um, and Anthony Wigan on the offensive line, who's fighting for a role uh, in the two deep. And um, so Lackawanna has been a spot where Penn, Penn State has, has hammered. They, they try to kind of get the cream of the crop on an annual basis and, to uh, you know, basically provide a supplemental piece to what they're doing, recruiting high school prospects. Um, and in terms of what they're doing at defensive back right now, Sean, this is the only definitive guy we know. And as we said, Tyrese Mills, maybe he has a future at the second level uh, playing a little linebacker, but Makai Flowers maybe ends up at safety, but he's really impressed at wide receiver on the camp circuit. You got a firsthand look at that. He's the guy who's warranted a four-star prospect ranking at that position on offense. Defensive back, though, there's a lot of movement to be done, Sean. Um, Jaden Bellamy is a guy that just put Penn State in his top group on Thursday. He's already confirmed an official visit uh, upcoming in June. Uh, one of two players from his high school program who, who, have, who have shown serious interest in Penn State uh, and vice versa at the defensive back spot. Ryan Turner is a name that we've talked about spending time in, on campus uh, next month. He's now officially committed to uh, Ohio State on Thursday. So a couple moving parts there that I just wanted to mention. And we've got a guy here on the board now on the commitment list, but uh, it just seems like there's still so much to sort through. And based on the upcoming visit plan, we're going to get out of June, I think, with a with a very – much greater grasp of where things are trending at defensive back. I think there, yeah, there's still a bunch of names out there. You mentioned Bellamy, of course, Jaden Gould, his teammate at Bergen Catholic. I think Penn State pushes there. I think they're in the lead right now. Keon Saab, the five-star out of IMG, uh, that is obviously always on the radar for, you know, he's on the radar for everybody. Uh, I talked to K- uh, KJ Winston this weekend down at, uh, uh, down at, the Under Armour camp. Keenan Nelson. Keenan Nelson's more of a corner. Yeah. I'm kind of leaning safety here, but yeah, when you talk about corners, you talk about guys like Julian Humphrey uh, from, from uh, Houston is going to come up for an official visit. You know, you, Jordan Allen's probably in that corner safety type of, of role as well. Um, Christian driver, we have as a receiver, uh, but I could definitely see him playing safety kind of in the same mold as, as Makai flowers. So, you know, there's a bunch of names that are still out there that, you know, I think they're probably going to have to go out of the region and, 
you know, those, those Bergen Catholic guys, I think are, are good. Um, you'll see what happens from a, from a medical standpoint with Jaden Gould, but I, I, I'm a big fan of Jaden Bellamy or yeah, Jaden Bellamy, who uh, we've mentioned several times on the podcast has that top six with Penn state in it has a Penn state official visit set up uh, in June as well. So there's, there, there's options out there. I'd be curious how it comes together. I know that they always like loading up on defensive backs, probably forecasting for those guys right now, but I, I don't know that I'm including Tyrese Mills in that number because he is a junior college kid. We've talked about this several times before they kind of factor in differently with the eligibility remaining. Uh, but yeah, there's still, still plenty of room in that defensive backs class. Well, Penn State goes from eight commitments to 10 commitments very quickly. Offensive lineman Malik McNeil, Tyrese Mills now on board as well. Um, and this group will continue to grow in the coming months with the official visits going to launch a lot of decisions uh, early in the summer. One of those official visits confirmed this week and a guy that you caught up with just a few days ago, Sean, there was a story up on Lines 24-7 following a conversation with him down at the Maryland Under Armour Regional Camp. Andre Roy, uh, he is set to visit June 18th, which is another busy weekend for me here in Happy Valley and uh, another offensive lineman uh, with a major build. Yeah, he's a big boy. Um, he's and he's going to be on campus twice in June, so that that'll be something to look forward to. That official visit, getting that locked up, is big. I know Maryland's a big player there, but I think Penn State, if they push, can uh, can really be right in the thick of things. Obviously, with, with the offensive line, you've got two guys on board: Drew Shelton, who I'm a huge fan of, Drew Shelton, Malik McNeil, who's obviously a big, big boy as well. Um, so that they're they're growing them big on the uh, on the Penn State board. Ryan Brubaker was up for an unofficial, unofficial for a, a scrimmage a couple of weeks ago he'll be back for an official visit so there's uh there, there's it's kind of like db there's guys that are you know you you look forward to june they've got official visits set up emil wagner uh from ohio has got an official visit so that'll be something to watch uh moving into the summer although with two guys on board maybe you can turn up the heat on a guy like andre roy and see uh see where he stands at the end of his official visit Learned a lot from what you just said, but what I loved the most was the unofficial, unofficial visit. I, I don't think I've heard you say that before on this podcast. And if if you have, I'm sorry, I missed it. But I love that term for everything we just experienced in college football recruiting. Uh, the last year, you know, 14 months, unofficially, <laughs> unofficial. Um, but yes, now we're going to move on. Uh, by the way, bringing in Steve Wiltfong uh, from 24-7 Sports. As our special guest, we had Brian Doan earlier this week. You get Steve Wiltfong on this one. Uh, from from my standpoint, a good conversation with Steve. He just watched Drew Alar at the Elite 11. Uh, he just put in a big crystal ball pick for Penn State. And I kind of forgot to turn my microphone on this, so you get a little beard scratch. I apologize for that. I took as much out of that as I could, uh, but hopefully it does not deter from the conversation. So after a, a little break, a word from our sponsors, we're going to come back with Steve Wilfong. And then after that, we got a little bit of quarterback news. We got some uh, from a uh, five-star mailbag question and it should be good to go for a Friday. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to the Lions 24-7 podcast. Joining us fresh off a workout, so you know he is pumped to be back on. Steve Wilfong, 24-7 Sports Director of Recruiting. Steve, it's been a while, but we're happy to have you back. Fitzy, my man. It's rocking and rolling in Happy Valley right now with this Penn State recruiting class. It's number six in the 24-7 Sports Composite Recruiting Rankings. And they're in on a lot of guys moving forward, man. So I know it's been a lot of fun to be on Lions 247 these days. Uh, going into the summer where obviously Penn State is, well, as every school in the country is going to be hosting a ton of official visitors in June. Well, you've seen the, the difference here. You know, Penn State, obviously, one of the schools probably hit harder by not being able to get kids to campus, official visits especially. Um, so just opening it up. I know the staff is excited to get guys back, and I know that you've been following this pretty closely. Just opening it up. What kind of difference do you think that can make for the Nittany Lions? Well, I think Penn State's one of those schools that if they can get a young man to Happy Valley and around that atmosphere and around that coaching staff in person, it's a built-in advantage more so than than other schools with the personalities they have on staff and 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 and, and the facilities and, and and kids being able to see it in person. And Penn State's backyard, there's not as many players 
as, as maybe some other areas of the country where it's a little more fruitful from a talent standpoint. And so, uh, um, Penn State out of region recruiting some, you know, uh, guys that had never seen the campus with their own eyes. It was a little, it was a little tougher for them than some other schools nationally. Yeah. And you know, you've got guys like Jaywan Sider, who's got a wheelhouse in Florida and those kids aren't visiting, you know, during, during a dead period. So it's just one of those things, uh, uh, a guy that hasn't met with the staff on campus yet, but is committed. You saw him last weekend, Drew Aller, uh, quarterback from Ohio. You got a chance to see him at the, at the elite 11 in Indianapolis, took home the 24 seven sports alpha dog award, took home the pro uh, the top, uh, pro day performance on the day. What'd you think? Well, I think he's the the thing that the Penn State program is kind of missing uh, under center. I think he has all the traits to play championship level football in Happy Valley, six foot four and a half, two hundred twenty eight pounds, but still developing physically. It's, uh, um, it'll be interesting to see what Penn State strength and conditioning uh, program does with them. I, I mean, he is going to be a big, ferocious guy uh, under center when it's all said and done. But he can move. He can throw with accuracy from a bunch of different arm angles. He's a natural thrower of the football. Uh, he's got the uh, uh, power to throw to all levels of the field and, and, and be accurate. You can attack downfield with, with Drew Aller. Uh, um, and uh, uh, I just like the the command and the competitive competitiveness that, that he showed out there as well. What do you think of the film? I know we go out there, we get these guys at, in a camp setting like the Elite 11, shorts and a t-shirt, et cetera, and we you know, maybe fall for them. But his film seems to back up what, what he was able to do in that, in that uh, sort of simulated setting. No, absolutely. I mean, the film is why we moved him into the top 100, and then he goes out and validates it in a, in a camp performance. Uh, he, again, he plays, with the, plays the position with pace uh, um, and, and – uh, uh, every throw is in his tool bag. And, and again, the, the, the different arm angles is what makes him unique. Sometimes these quarterbacks, you know, they can be accurate uh, on air uh, with the throwing from the same arm slot and all of that. But Drew Aller is just, a, you know, he, he's a natural athlete. He, he's a basketball player. Uh, um, Medina High School, where where he where he goes to school, they have one of the best high school basketball programs in the state of Ohio. So he's not like one of their horses, but you know he's been on their varsity, and he, so he's just a good natural athlete under center. Yeah, and uh, I think it's one of those you said earlier, maybe championship level quarterback. Yeah, obviously, I think he's got a ways to go. You know, get that completion percentage up. But what do you think? You know, from what you know about Penn State's quarterback room, from what you know about what they've brought in, going back to Sean Clifford, um, you know, where do you think he sits among what they've been able to to do so far? And what do you and and, and do you think things change with Mike Mike Yersich? I guess I kind of set you up uh, to talk about uh, one thing with another. But do you think things are moving in a different direction with Mike? Well, I, I think that um, Penn State wants to be an offense where they can go out there and score 40 points a game. You know, that's what you have to be to win the win the national championship, to hoist the crystal ball. You got to be prolific on offense. And I think that Mike Yersich, is, over the course of his career, has shown that guys have been prolific on offense from his days at Oklahoma State with Mason Rudolph under center throwing for over 4,000 yards a couple times to you know, even and Drew pointed this out. Sam Ellinger, he thought he took a, a step forward uh, with the one year that Yersich uh, worked with him at, at Texas, um, and 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 uh, um, just hearing his name called in the NFL draft. He was at Ohio State in between, with uh, obviously being under Ryan Day, who's uh, known as one of the best offensive minds in college football. I think Coach Yersich brings a lot of pedigree to Penn State's program, and I think Drew Aller. And then you even have Bo Perbula, who I think is talented. Uh, um, those are those are two guys that I, I think, you know, uh, Penn State can be very exciting on offense with, particularly with the way that they've been recruiting uh, the receiver position. I think they've gotten some dynamic guys, and have another one in this class, and 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 Caden Saunders. And so uh, I, I think that uh, James Franklin made a terrific offensive coordinator hire, and, and Mike Yersich. and. I think that that name, I think he's a big name in college football too. And uh, uh, that helps attract a quarterback like Drew Aller, but also just the how hardworking coach Yersich is on the trail. I mean, he, he was, he knew of Drew Aller early on, probably maybe because he was at Ohio state. I don't know, but he was ahead of the curve on Drew Aller before all these other programs came in and, and maybe they had him on the radar, but they didn't offer him. 
you know, Yursich had an early offer out to Drew Aller, did as good a job as anybody recruiting him, and you know he can't wait to play for Mike and at Penn State. You said the magic words there, crystal ball. We'll get to your latest pick here in a second. But first, you went down to IMG a couple of weeks ago to check out the prospects down there. Obviously, always, as you said earlier, fruitful um, at IMG. Penn State has a commitment down there and Drew Shelton. Um, what did you see from Shelton? What did you see from uh, some of the other guys at Penn State's courting down there? Well, I expect Drew Shelton to be a three-year starter at Penn State, you know, six foot five, 290 pounds, somewhere in there. They're real pleased with his progress at IMG. And I thought that he you know, looked good down there in workouts. And, and, and he's a player that you could build this offensive line class around just getting Malik McNeil, who's six foot eight, 340 pounds with, with a ton of potential. And, and the Nittany Lions are in and on quite a few other guys, but I like the foundation uh, of Drew Shelton and, and, and Malik McNeil, McNeil here coming in behind guys like Landon Tangwell. Um, got other guys down there, Keon Sobs down there, Alubal, uh, just a, a couple other guys. You, you, you mentioned Keon Sob coming out of it, that Penn State seems to be, you know, kind of in, uh, fairly in the mix for that, going to get an official visit in June. Yeah, he, he's coming up there and he's known the Penn State staff as long as any among, when you're looking at the series contenders for Keon. Uh, his relationship with Penn State, uh, I would think, has been the longest. You know, Georgia, Clemson are a couple of the others that I know are high uh, on the list for Keon. Um, and I actually need to, when I when I hang up here, I need to go see if anything else has been, any other visits have been planned for him. So I'll do that when we hang up. But, you know, he looked terrific as a safety linebacker rover in, in that setting and the way college football is being played where offenses are trying to put up 40. Uh, Anya, he's a guy that can kind of erase mismatches uh, uh, out in space, depending on the personnel the other team has, and would be a nice uh, a, a weapon to have on defense for anyone who's lucky enough to get him. Well, we teased it a little bit earlier. New crystal ball from Steve this week. I'll let you uh, roll this one in. Uh, it's a it's a big one. Yeah, but deny Dennis Sutton, top consensus top 100 recruit out of Owings Mills, Maryland. McDonough school. Uh, I like where Penn state stands, but uh, you know, it, it's not going to be easy to get him in the boat. He's going to go visit Alabama and Georgia in June as well with Penn state sandwiched in the middle. So Georgia, we've seen Georgia and we've seen Alabama be very convincing in the past. And, uh, but going into the visit, the pulse says Penn state's the one to beat. Yeah, that's one that we've been tracking for a while. Uh, and we, we talked about Don, uh, him with Doan last uh, a couple of days ago, actually. Great kid would be a huge pickup for Penn State. Obviously, the uh, the competition level, no slouch there in Bama and Georgia. They recruit as well as anyone in the country. But uh, it will be an interesting June for for Mr. Dennis Sutton. Uh, beyond that, you, you've been hearing some other Penn State uh, buzz. What do you got for us? I'm going to answer your question, Fitzy. I'm going to just pull up the offer list on Lions 247, which is always <laughs> a, a, a good feature. I think Penn State's in, you know, you have your quarterback, Drew Aller, so I've already moved, and Bo Perbula, so I'm moving down to to running back here. And I think you guys are way, way in the mix for a lot of guys. You know, Coach Sider, one of the best uh, at what he does as a recruiter and a position coach. But, you know, I think Penn State's the one to beat for Nicholas Singleton going into his official visits. So I think I'm going to log a crystal ball forecast there in favor of Penn State here in the near future. But Ramon Brown and George Petaway are two backs from Virginia. Uh, that I think the Nittany Lions are in a, in a strong spot for, uh, uh, if not the leader, uh, for Ramon Brown. And then O'Marion Hampton is taking an official visit in June. And uh, the North Carolina native, the, the Tar Heels, are in a good spot. But I, I, I think Penn State's way in that one, too, uh, with, with, with Florida and, and Ohio State also uh, in plays there, in play there. Um, and, and then uh, – um, Darius Clemens, top 247 receiver from, from out west. I know the recruits are working him real hard. You know, Drew Aller mentioned that. I, I think I mean, you have our lead insider out there, Brandon Huffman, with a, a prediction of Penn State right now. So I think that tells you the, the pulse for, for one of the more dy- uh, dynamic guys. It would be nice to add him to, to, to what's already uh, in the boat uh, at, at receiver. Um, I saw Jerry Cross recently work out, Sean, and, and he's a big, good-looking kid at six foot six, two 218 pounds. I think there's a lot of potential uh, for him to be developed in, into a good one. And, and then Coach Trotwine, man, he's swinging at a lot of offensive linemen. Y'all get an official visit from Emil Wagner. Uh, Jacob Allen's been on campus for self-guided. Uh, I think Penn State's uh, in, in the middle of that one. Ryan, Ryan Brubaker uh, um, has interest in, in, in Penn State. 
uh, as well. Alu Ba is going to come up on an official visit. Uh, Andre Royer, I think Penn State uh, may be in the lead for out of, out of St. Francis Academy. Uh, um, so uh, they're trying to chop wood on Carson Hintzman, but that may be uh, an uphill battle there for y'all. But you're 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 in the game and in, in the race. You know, along the defensive front, there's some guys that are on my radar. You know, obviously, uh, Deny is is forecasted uh, in uh, in the class right now. We'll 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 see uh, how that goes moving forward. Joe Strickland, I think if Penn State's pushing there, it's them in Indiana for the four star from the Indianapolis area. Uh, so I think you know Penn State is 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 in a good spot there for that edge player. Um, um, moving to to linebacker. Let's see if I like the. Uh, I think Sean Murphy likes Penn State. I think you, you just had an update on him, but I think Penn State's in that one. Wesley Besaint, who's one of the best linebackers in space in the country, is going to come up on an official visit. So we'll see how how that one moves the needle there. And and, and then in the secondary, Sean, you know. Uh, Jillian Humphreys, one of the fastest corners in the country. He's going to take an official visit. Uh, Jaden Bellamy has Penn State in the top six. Uh, he's a guy that's kind of been heavily recruited uh, as well. And and so Christian Driver, uh, he's an athlete recruit, but uh, uh, that could play receiver as well as safety. I think Penn State is, is at the top going into that visit. But so many other guys slated for an official visit. Uh, um, that's the, I may have left the name or two out there, but, uh, a lot of blue chippers high on the Nittany Lions. There's a lot of names still on that board and June is going to be so, so interesting, not, not just with Penn state, but nationally just to follow all this stuff. So I hope you're ready. I know you, I, I know you're ready, but I hope our listeners are ready. A lot of stuff going on, a lot of visits, a lot of unofficial visits, camp season's going to be in. So you might see some, some new offers. And with that, maybe some, some spring commitment or some, some sudden commitments. Um, but you, we appreciate having you on the, on the show as always, Steve, you can follow him S Wilt Fong two, four, seven. Of course, he's always on the site at Lions twenty four seven. Steve, thanks for joining us once again. Appreciate y'all, man. I love, uh, being over at the Lions Pride and uh, Fitzy, you're my main man. We'll talk to y'all later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The one and only Steve Wolfong bringing us plenty of insight on the recruiting trail at all things Penn State there. Thank you to him as always. Be sure to follow his coverage, everything he does up on 247sports.com. He is all over the place, plugged in. Um, no one does it quite like Steve Wolfong. We're happy to have him on board uh, as teammates Sean, turning attention toward the quarterback position, and this is a spot that is is locked in, um, are any crazy changes for the 2022 class. You've got two guys on board there uh, with Bo Perbula and Drew Aller, who you just discussed quite a bit with Steve. Um, but beyond that, you know, we're still learning a little bit about who Mike Yersich likes, um, how he's going to approach things with the 2023 cycle, the 2024 cycle. Remember, he's going to bring some names of his own from, from his past stops, uh, but he's also also learning more about this class and, and regionally uh, that includes a couple of guys that I was in contact with uh, this week. And I'll start with Drew Viado. He's a player I've mentioned before on this podcast, Sean, um, from Canada, but, but playing high school ball in the United States. Um, he is. Uh, where, where have we heard that before? <laughs> yeah, we heard just a few times uh, when it comes to Penn State, most recently with Christian Veyer, a quarterback. But Viado's a guy who has you know, he worked out with the same quarterback trainer that, that worked with uh, Christian uh, coming out of high school. Um, you know, Penn State has been engaged there. It's been Mike Yersich, some James Franklin. He will be on campus, Sean, the first weekend of June, which is when Penn State's going to launch this offseason prospect camp. Um, uh, planning for a bunch of them. The first would be June 5th. We're still waiting to see if we'll be able 
able to get on the field as well. But we know that Druviata will be there and a guy that in the 2023 class uh, beginning to develop, uh, you know, some momentum uh, as a as an FBS prospect hasn't quite taken off with the Power Five launch pad, uh, but he's been very active on the camp circuit. He hasn't started as a full timer uh, at the varsity level yet, so this is going to be a big fall ahead for him as a junior. But someone that I think if Penn State wants to make a move early, um, he's going to be very quick to reciprocate that interest. And I know he's just excited to be able to show him show the staff what he can do with the football in his hands in person. I think all these guys, this 2022s, 23s, 24s, I talked with some quarterbacks down at the Elite 11 last week, and they're just itching to get out there and throw for some of these offensive coordinators. Uh, usually you do that in the spring of whatever year you're in um, as these coaches come along and you get to do these private workouts that, you know, they stand along the side and watch them during the evaluation period. You don't even get that. You didn't get camps last year. So these guys are itching to get out there. And I know that the the coaches are just uh, sort of over the moon about having the chance to evaluate these guys once again. And Viado, by the way, listed six foot four, 215 pounds, a big kid, playing ball in Michigan. Uh, the program uh, that he's going to be uh, taking over as a starter, I believe it's three consecutive starters there, uh, have gone on to play football uh, at the Division One level. So um, a, a spot where quarterbacks have flourished. Uh, he's looking to put together some varsity film here in the States and could go a long way. Bowling Green, Central Michigan, Syracuse have offered. Penn State going to get an early look at him pretty soon. Um, formerly of the 2023 class, but recently reclassified to the 2024 class is Dante Reno um, at the Loomis Chafee School in Connecticut, um, uh, playing for a familiar coach uh, for Penn State's recruiting staff uh, and, and Jeff Moore, who was the coach at St. Thomas Moore in Connecticut a couple of years back when they signed Tyler Rudolph out of that program. He's now at Loomis Chafee. You're now seeing Dante Reno there uh, transferring in and reclassifying and, and one fell swoop, essentially. Penn State's been pretty engaged with the coaching staff there, um, really going back a month or six weeks or so, Sean, and 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 they've had dialogue with Mike Yurcich yesterday. In fact, Dante said you know he actually had some communication with James Franklin and Mike Yurcich. He will also be on campus for that first weekend of June. A guy who's really ascended during recent weeks, Arizona. Iowa, Purdue, uh, West Virginia, among Power Five programs that have offered Dante Reno. His father, Tony Reno, has been the head coach uh, at Yale in the Ivy League since 2012. Um, and one other note here, because this was asked about when I wrote the article up on Friday morning. 17 years old just turned. So he is going to be an older freshman, going to be 20 years old before he plays, uh, you know, has a chance to play in his first college football game following this reclassification. So two different quarterbacks I'm throwing your way, both with an interesting background that is unique to them. Uh, and, and I think Dante Reno, as you said, as reflected in the offer sheet, uh, further along as a power five prospect at this point. 20 years old as a freshman, man, that's uh that's something his his classmates are going to want to befriend him when they make it onto campus with him. Uh, but now that's that's crazy to think about uh, just so far in advance. But if you, I mean, if you've got an offer as a twenty twenty three or twenty twenty four quarterback right now, you're firmly on the radar. It's a it's a really mm. good start for those guys. So um, yeah, so camp season can't wait to see these guys throw. Can't wait to see anybody out there. Uh, to be honest with you, of course, Penn State will get rolling. I believe the fifth is their first camp. Um, the team camp is the one I'm looking forward to, which is right before the break, uh, June uh, June twenty second, I believe it is. So yeah. um, anxious to see. You know, uh, Bo Perbula is going to be there with Central York. Be a bunch of uh, commits on hand that weekend as well for their official visits. So camp season's right around the corner. We, we talked visits with Steve Wilfong. We can talk camps with you. It's it's there's a, there's about to be some some activity buzzing here for us. It's a beautiful thing and, and more coverage on both those quarterbacks just to get a, a better kind of lay of the land on where those prospects stand ahead of their visits um, up online 247.com. Both of those published on Friday on Viado and Reno. Um, I mean, we spent a lot of time, Sean, this offseason and, and rightly so breaking down the dynamics of the 2022 class and the official visits that are upcoming for this group and, you know, Penn State sustaining its spot inside the top 10 for rankings. But to me, this summer and the ability to assess this talent in person for, for the staffs at Penn State and just really across FBS football, it's it's a lot of it is about the 2023 and 2024 cycle. Guys who have just not put together any high school film because their freshman year got washed out or they made strides between freshman and sophomore year and they never got a chance to play that sophomore season or they only got three or four games to play it because of the circumstances. There are going to be so many 
guys blowing up. And there already are when you're talking about freshmen and sophomore, rising sophomores and rising juniors um, on the camp circuit in the summer. But this year just feels like there is going to be such a, a mystery element to it because kids just haven't played high school football and yet they have really developed as athletes and they're going to go off and they're going to flex on different campuses in the next couple of months. Yeah. A guy like Dylan Gooden, who picked up a Penn state offer this week at good council, six, six, 200 and some pounds, uh, probably going to be defensive end. Brian Doan saw him a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but that, this is a kid you think about it did not play, you know, probably these guys did not play in 2019 because they were probably buried on the depth chart as they were just growing. And all of a sudden you don't get a 2020 fall season. You finally get a 2020 spring season and you have, uh, you know, you sort of go out there and, and kill it. Now all of a sudden you're blowing up in the spring, which, you know, this is a time when, evaluation periods are out you see you've seen guys like Jason away blow up at this point but it's kind of different now when you put some film to it um so it's 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 really interesting to follow because it's no longer okay you get your fall tape in and then all of a sudden there's a rush of offers then you see the spring evaluation period it's it's been all over the place and and there have been guys that have jumped on the radar early that may have faded at this point. There are guys that haven't been on the radar at all. And then all of a sudden they blow up uh, Penn state offered. And the, the name is escaping me right now. Yesterday morning, uh, our wide receiver in Virginia, he had nine touchdowns in three games. Now the competition is not very good at all, but you, you throw on the tape and it's like, Whoa, this kid has some size. He's got some speed. Um, and he play, actually plays for Anthony Poindexter's brother um, in Virginia. Uh, so there's some connections there, but all of a sudden he picks up his second, uh, his second offer from Penn state. Virginia was already in on him. So that's the type of guys that we're looking at right now that just sort of snap out of nowhere and all of a sudden they've got five offers. I think the the tricky part here and maybe the imaginative part, if you're a, a college coach, is looking at a player who maybe hasn't played live action football, extensive live action football since 2019. Maybe if they didn't play much as a freshman all the way back in 2018 was the last time they've played extensive football. Now you're seeing them. They could be 60 pounds heavier. They could be four inches taller. What position are they? Do they know what position they're at? Uh, you know, the high school coaches that get to work with them who just missed that all this time fundamentally where is the kid so i think there's going to be a lot of really impressive athletes where a lot of it is is even more so open-ended than in years past or summers past where the kid's not quite sure what position he is because it's been a while since he lined him up they may have an idea of where he's projected but to me there's going to be more guys than ever who kind of fall into that athlete category when you're assessing some of these rising sophomores rising juniors or if you, I mean, these kids think they know the positions, but that's clearly, <laughs> that can clearly change. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> There's a bunch of 2022 guys, you know, guys that have seemingly been on the radar for a long time. Um, I talked to Steve about this and you look at a guy like Keon Saab, who's been a safety prospect. I guess he's listed as an athlete, but he's been looked at as a safety for the longest time. Well, all of a sudden he's 6'2", 205, 210. Maybe he's a Sam prospect for Penn State. Maybe he eventually becomes a linebacker. Uh, these guys that were, you know, on, on the radar early just might not be the same. You know, they they may have filled out, they may have overfilled out and or hit a gross an extra gross bird or something. You don't know where some of these guys are landing. And I think that's probably one of the interesting dynamics of camp season is you're bringing in a guy, say Oliver Bridges from Maryland, uh, went to goes to the Bullis School. This guy is nearly 6'3, 185 pounds, which you know that says to me he came on the, the radar as a corner. He's probably not as fluid as as he could be as a corner, but all of a sudden maybe skips safety and goes right to that same outside linebacker, that field linebacker position where he can run. I mean, he can flat out run. Um, so maybe he fits in better there. So this, these are the kind of things that college coaches are dealing with. You've got some guys where it's cut and dry. You know what position they're going to. But now all of a sudden you see some of these guys that are projected two spots up in that rotation going from corner to an outside linebacker or something like that. Maybe Jaden Gould may be, even be in that mix. Um, some some bigger guys that have filled out over the, the pandemic and you haven't gotten a chance to see them. So I think that's a very interesting dynamic, especially when you're trying to figure out where you're allotting scholarships for, for this particular class, because that, that all can change once you get a set of eyes on someone. We have so much to learn this summer. We're excited to do that. We'll be bringing you the updates here on the podcast once the practice field is filled with prospects again. Um, just a month away now, Sean. So so we'll find out uh, pretty soon what this is all going to look like. But uh, for now, we'll switch over to our five-star mailbag and, and take a grab into there. Uh, once again, really, uh, really strong questions coming our way at Apple Podcasts. Drop your five-star rating and review. Throw in your question. Anything regarding Penn State football, the recruiting landscape, we're going to 
do our best to feature it here on the show, and, and we're going to do that right now. Question goes like this, Sean. After the completion of spring practice, how would you rank the list of transfer portal needs? Uh, the the question asker here also throws in, can you rank those out of quarterback, defensive end, linebacker, safety, and wide receiver? That's very, very tough because you can make an argument for all five of these positions to be number one because, you, you know, you look at what a, uh, what, a, what, what a speed receiver can do for you. And I probably put receiver at number five here, even though they're still looking what a speed receiver can do for you, uh, not only to take the top off a of defense, but potentially as a kick returner, potentially to help you out in special teams. Um, but uh, to me, uh, I'm going to go with, with quarterback and it's, you don't know kind of where you stand coming out of the spring. I think you probably feel about the same as you did going into it. And they said going into it, it's it's certainly a spot that they want to explore to, to add depth, to maybe add some competition to that room. Um, you're looking at a guy like TJ Finley at LSU. He hit the transfer portal this week. Uh, big, big kid. I mean, this kid's like 6'6". Six, six, uh, this, this kid is the Jamarcus Russell comparison in terms of size, like 6'6", 250, uh, started five games as a true freshman, was kind of up and down, but he's got some eligibility left. I, I, if you bring him in, I don't know that he's going to unseat Sean Clifford or anything like that, but you've got some some competition that has some uh, some eligibility remaining. So I think that would be an intriguing option there. Not saying they're going to go all in on him or anything like that, but I think that you got to find another scholarship quarterback. Um, you, you're not sure that Taquan Roberson can come in and win you a game right now. I don't know if you can find somebody maybe from the FCS ranks that's got some, uh, you know, that has some experience under his belt. You could possibly go in that direction. And by the way, I hear my voice failing me. I apologize once again. It's mowing season. Uh, the allergies are they're not going away. I'm sorry about that. Uh, but yeah, you were I, yelling at recruits on the field uh, at the camp on Sunday. No, it's Just mowing season. It. It's mowing okay. season. That's why. That's why our <laughs> our, uh, our ratings are so popular right now. I know guys are out there on their tractors and their push mowers uh, listening to us as I do the same when I'm mowing my own yard. So I, I would put quarterback up there. Safety still a need, um, especially um, when you take a look at what they've got across the board in terms of experience. There's not much there. Not really sure how how serious Jair Brown's injury and 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 where he factors in coming out of spring, even though we expected him to be the starter. So that's you move Keaton Ellis out there uh, over there. So you feel a little better, but from what we saw from Keaton Ellis, still a while a ways to go there. Linebacker you can probably supplement that a little bit with uh, with safety as we so we talked about John Sutherland potentially playing in that role maybe Jair Brown playing in that role as well um but i'd like to see somebody come in there uh, i don't know that's that it's possible as we mentioned that's a tough sell job with essentially three starters in place bringing in a guy that's going to actually be productive is going to be tough unless you find somebody that really has you know a, a lifelong goal of playing linebacker at Penn State You'd certainly love to stumble into that um, defensive end, as we talked earlier. Probably not uh, an experienced guy that's coming in to start. Probably a guy that's a little bit younger, still has some uh, some development left. So I think that that would probably be my order out of them. And they're still looking everywhere. They're still looking at offensive line uh, receiver we talked about before. So it, it's still open at a, at a bunch of spots. You're just trying to make your team better at this point. Transfer portal is open 24 seven. Um, and it seems to be a topic that, that pops back up here every other episode, at least. Um, I think when you look at the, the positions presented and you just did a great job breaking it down. So I'm not going to rehash everything you just said, but I feel like the, the, Appreciate the that. Yeah. <laughs> quarterback, you know, it, it's still in the same spot as it was going in the spring. Linebacker to me is the area where out of all these mentioned feels like it's been trending toward the thin side of things comparatively because defensive end, you added Zariah Fisher during the offseason. Uh, what we heard and what we saw uh, from Nick Tarburton and, and Arnold Ebikede this spring provides some reassurance on what you got over there. Um, Jesse Lucchetta, if, if we're telegraphing a potential move to defensive end, that's going to help fortify things a bit. Guys played a lot of football. He, he, he does not need to bulk up, uh, you know, put on 20 pounds to, to play up there. Um, safety, you've just added Keaton Ellis. There's still a lot to learn about that room. There's no doubt about it, but you've added a player there. And wide receiver, Marquise Wilson, you know, kid's a playmaker. I, I want to see what he can do with the full summer of, of, of working out at that spot 
getting work with the quarterbacks. But quarterback, you've added nobody. And, and at linebacker, you've lost Lance Dix into the transfer portal. Whether he was going to be a starter, he wasn't. He was going to be a guy in that room and, and someone that was going to play football for you and, and, and be able to get on the field. That's kind of the problem right now is how many of those scholarship guys are, are going to be available for you. If, if Luketa's out of that room, there's a, another guy crossed off the list. Good things heard about Tyler Elsden. Good, good things heard about Kobe King. Both those guys flashed a bit in their own right this spring, but it's a big step forward if you're going to be counting on them to play significant snaps in Big Ten football here. So to me, linebackers probably crept up to, to the number two spot. I still look at quarterback and you've got to have at least a couple of guys in that room that you feel like you can go out and win with. Um, and whoever you're bringing in at this point, though, I just wonder, is it going to be a guy who's gravitating closer to your QB three in terms of what he's bringing to that room or a guy who's gravitating more towards QB one level of play. And I just don't know if it's going to be the QB one level guy at this stage of the calendar with limited time and a guy who's going to be taking a chance on your room as well. Maybe linebacker is the more quote unquote easily addressed of the two. If you're looking to get someone who's going to play uh, and someone who has played extensively at the college level, I just have a tricky time understanding the quarterback matchup for them because it's got to be a fit on both ends. And right now where we are, what, four months before kickoff, uh, three months before preseason camp with, with the installation of a new offense, who's going to climb into this situation and be trending more towards the QB one versus a guy who's kind of just fodder for your, for your practice field work. And you, the guy that you kind of were thinking about, has a torn Achilles is not yes. going to play it all this year. So yeah. that's, um, that's the, that's a tough one. And I agree. I think linebacker probably more reachable is probably the the, the term that you're going for in terms of there's going to be a, a, you know, a greater, there always is, there's a greater um, supply of linebackers out there. You know, now, if that matches a wish list, I don't know, but the, there will be more of a significant list of guys who have done tangible things at the FBS level. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So it's, it's going to be tough. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're out there checking out every, uh, every potential Avenue here. We reported on one last week in turn in the defensive backfield. So, I mean, it's just, it, it's even spots where you think that you're, you're good. If you think this guy is, a legitimate up, a guy like John Dixon, you know, you, you you feel like cornerback was good. All of a sudden, you bring in Dixon; he can compete in that room. So that that's the sort of guy that you're maybe looking at as a as a BPA. Um, and, and we're in draft season now, best player available. So it's uh, it's a it's a tough tough line to walk, especially a quarterback, because if you bring in a guy that's got eligibility lift, take one Roberson might be like, okay, I'm out. And, and, you know, maybe that doesn't have an impact a, a couple of years down the line. Maybe it does. Who, who Who's to say? So very interesting following the portal. It's uh, it, it's never a dull moment in there. And, and I think we're going to see that as guys end their semesters as spring ball, you know, completely comes to a close here. It's, it, it's going to be interesting to see who hits that, uh, who hits that portal with, uh, with some sort of potential to play at this level. Former Harvard offensive lineman Eric Wilson will become the fifth scholarship transfer edition for Penn State this offseason. Uh, this summer, you've already got four others who went through spring practice. We'll see if number six or who knows, number seven is out there between now and preseason camp. But uh, certainly something that Penn State will continue to monitor and will continue to monitor here at Lions 24-7. Uh, covered a lot on on the roster growth uh, potential and otherwise for Penn State to the transfer portal through all the recruiting talk today. Sean, do we have anything else to add aside from, again, tipping our cap to Steve Waltfong uh, for, for hopping on the show? Nope. I'm at, at the end of my rope talking here, so <laughs> Sorry, I, yeah. I'm good for the day. Um, we appreciate everybody uh, following us, and and I think it's following now, not subscribing, but uh, check us out on on uh, Apple Podcasts. Give us the ratings. Give us the questions. We're going to be leaning on your questions. As Tyler told me offline, this is not the time that we're uh, trying to force anything into into an episode, but we will take all the content we can get. Yes. And with that said, next week, we, we do plan on putting the spotlight on some of the 2022 NFL draft, draft prospects um, at Penn State. Guys, we're looking at seniors, juniors, and yes, even third year freshmen who will be eligible for that draft next spring. Uh, we look forward to talking with you next week. We'll come back with a couple more episodes. In the meantime, send us your questions. Hop on to Lions247.com and engage with us on the message boards. On behalf of Sean, I'm Tyler Donahue. This is the Lions 24-7 podcast. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. 
Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.